supposed to be veteran cornerback Arthur Molette, but perhaps the weather has delayed him a tiny bit. So in his stead, we... Oh, Jeff Hathorne has come in potentially to save me. <laughs> As we wait for Arthur Molette to get here, Sean Filson, who of course is one of the fabulous people running the Minios, which has been our most amazing host for this show, is sitting in. Sean? I mean, Are you I'd having fun with these to, players? I'd love to give it to Jeff, but this, this is nice to have the mic. For is it a nice while. to have oh, the this mic? Is, this is great. Well, you could give it a minute, maybe, we can, we can and then we'll minute. and then yeah. we'll have Jeff come on in, and we can ask our questions to Jeff, of course, who is at practice today. Okay, can you just tell us a little bit, however, about up? Oh, and now we're getting a phone call from Arthur's agent, and so um, I'm just going to hand my phone to Jeff Hathorne, and we're going to sit here, but we're supposed to talk about things, Sean. We the are. thing is, if you're on the radio, you have to actually converse. Yes, we do. Can you tell we us a little bit about the location here, about Minio's and Allison Park, so why you decided to come to the North Hills? Well, we were looking in a lot of different areas, and this particular location has been dear to the family's heart for a while. The Tuscan Inn was a staple of the North Hills for a long time and they were good friends uh, friends of trips to Italy with with Dom and Carol Minio and they when they retired and sold this business to another we had uh, we had looked at it after the uh, after the sale of that, a couple years went by, it became stagnant, they, uh, they went under, and we were able to capitalize on purchasing this and turning it into what we have today. It's funny though, Sean, I was talking to somebody recently and it's killing me, I can't remember, I'm looking at my son and asking him to help me remember, um, and whoever it was disagreed with me and said that there cannot be a Minio's anywhere but in Squirrel Hill, that Minio's is Squirrel Hill. Well, they didn't know about Mount Lebanon then. I guess. My Lebanon store has been doing very well for 26 years. But we love the Allison Park location. So since this is supposed to be a Steelers player show, can we break down? We've had Alex Highsmith and Chris Wormley both go back in the kitchen and make pizzas. And I'll tell you what. Chris Wormley, he has some pizza experience. He, uh, he didn't hesitate to go back, toss the dough, top it the right way, and right off the board straight into the oven. It was wonderful to see. Alex Highsmith, he did fantastic. Uh, we can't grade them yet because we know that we're saving that till the end of the season. Okay. So we're going to see who of all the players is the best pizza maker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we can't include retired Chris Hoke. No, As not wonderful yet. as he was, but we can't include him quite yet. So. Uh, okay, so here's what happened, Sean. Not that we don't love talking about pizza making. It mm -hmm. appears that Arthur went to the wrong location. Oh. So Jeff Hathorne came in to hang out, have some dinner. But it looks like we're going to put him to work. We're going to put Jeff to work, yes. Can we get Jeff a beer, a glass of wine, some arancini? You really, the arancini, Alex Highsmith. Sean brings the arancini to Alex Highsmith. And he could not stop eating it. Such that Sean packed some to take home so that Alex and his wife could take it home. And Alex took it out of the takeout container while sitting at the table. It's he couldn't even get it home. One of the prize pieces on our menu. So if we get Sean to hand you some arancini, can we talk a little bit about this win and where that sets us? I'll go and, take care of that, and I'll be back. All right, so the fabulous Jeff Hathorne, who was indeed out of practice today, and we can confirm now that Deontay Johnson has confirmed... Kenny Pickett was indeed practicing. So I want you to know I gave it 110%. <laughs> I only talk on Thursdays. So you're lucky that I'm talking to today. It's through the sheer charm of my personality, right, right. that you actually did. Is that your day? Right. Is Thursday your day? Yeah. No, every day is my day. Oh, even in your house? Is there ever a day in your house you get to just kind of not talk? Oh, yeah. Th that's preferred. <laughs> if I, if I did, that you don't talk? I, yeah, if I didn't talk, occasionally I'll get asked by the boys. They'll text me like, hey, what's going on? Or, hey, I was thinking about the, uh, the spread on this game. What do you think? And then I just say, you know, you're on your own. Aww. Well. You're not here alone. No, I actually, my husband is in Virginia. I'm solo parenting. And my children, uh, 
apparently really love to come to Minio's. My son just announced it's his them? favorite restaurant. Seriously. And they also go back there. They make pizzas. Uh, this one over here, my seven-year-old got in a big fight with Alex Highsmith over the bills. And he said, Alex, I don't think you're going to sack Josh Allen. Ooh. Alex took it pretty well, though. Right? Wow. There's a fair amount of trash talking in our house. But anyway, while we wait for Arthur, yeah. let's... let's I mean, he's a fabulous personality, he's and I can't great. wait to talk I to him. I love his passion. Yes. No, seriously, his passion for playing football is top five in that room. So, and this will come up later when we talk to him. You know that at Memphis, do you know the award that he won? I don't. Okay, who is one of my all-time favorite players? You've been around me. For 10 years, I was in that Steelers locker room on a weekly basis. Could it be a who running back that loves wrestling? It didn't even take you two guesses. Well, Memphis was so the that just that was the giveaway. Yeah. He did indeed win the D'Angelo Williams Award at Memphis, which I feel is you know. But you talk about his passion. He's an undrafted free agent. He's a young man whose family was displaced by Katrina, and it's hard not to think that all of those things influence who he is. I, I, I hope would, he's listening to I us hope all, all the way. Of us, myself right? at criticism or people that tweet at him if he has a bad play. Remember. That he is a human that's had to deal with other things in life. Yes, you know, exactly. especially given this week with what happened with Kevin Dodson, and you know, it's kind of a crazy. To put perspective into things, right? For anybody who's listening right now, Kevin Dodson, who did not have the ideal outing, he would tell you himself, received death threats on social media. Yeah. I think that that's just taking a game a little bit too far, especially a regular season game that, oh, by the way, your team won. Yeah, if you haven't seen the video, Josh Roundtree has it on Twitter, and you can, a lot of other places have it too, but you can tell in his face like how hurt. Like It's a football game. Right. You know, yeah, I made mistakes. I wish I would have played better. I didn't want to have that holding call. I didn't want Kenny to get hit. Um, but, man, sometimes it goes a little bit too far. It's funny because, Jeff, I made this point actually earlier with Pony and Muller on the air. The Steelers, in many ways, coming into this game were totally written off, right? It was this massive sure. losing streak. Four out of five starters in the secondary were out. The, in the midst of the game, the newly anointed starting quarterback goes out. The winningest quarterback of all time is on the other sideline. Right. And not just the winningest quarterback of all time, but the winningest quarterback all time against the Steelers. Against the Steelers. No quarterback, and he's not even a division opponent, had won more games against the Steelers than Tom Brady. 34 touchdowns to five interceptions. And he three times beat him in an AFC championship game. So, yeah, it was dim. And, and... They were the biggest home underdogs they've ever been yes. in franchise history. And back-to-back -back weeks of double-digit underdogs. Yes. Coming off that game in Buffalo. That horrible game for some people. Some Bills fans actually liked that game very much. But there was a fair amount of trash talking in my house. In any okay. case, they somehow got out this victory. And then what are we talking about? We're talking about whether there was an altercation at halftime in the locker room, whether it was an altercation that led to a changing of the guard at quarterback, whether there's dissension, it, whether the head coach is in control or not, right. death threats. It, it's just, and, and where it, was it, the high? I'm going to talk about this on the Fan Morning Show tomorrow with the guys. You know, I give a lot of credit to Deontay Johnson. He didn't hide. Yep. He came off the field, stood in front of his locker, and he didn't deflect the questions. He didn't say no comment. He answered them, honestly. Right. And told not just us. But all the fans. But you like, know, hey, here's, here's what's happened. We talked about it. It's not a big deal. And it's amazing when you do that. How, how it diffuses just, everything. Exactly. You know, and I have always said this as a reporter, and I know that you and I have had these conversations. I feel that the obfuscation, the word salad, that only makes the story bigger. If you actually address it, then it sort of nips it in the bud. And that's actually one of the things about Arthur Molette that I found so fascinating is that... People were writing about him questioning his teammates why right. and whether they were bringing the appropriate passion. And then he openly ad addressed it. He didn't backtrack. He didn't go backwards. He didn't say, no, 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 you're making too much of it. He didn't attack. He didn't get defensive. Right. He said, yeah, that's and, how I feel. And I'm sure you're going to talk about this with him, but his role in keeping that young group together that right. never been. I mean, Terrell Edmonds deserves a lot of credit because he's very steadying. He, he doesn't get too high or low. He did a nice job of communicating, but Arthur was a big part of that. Trey Norwood was a big part of that. 
they had guys that had never played together in a game before, and they, they played a, an outstanding game. It's funny because Arthur reminds me of a guy when I covered the Giants a decade ago. There was a safety named Dion Grant. And he wasn't a star. I mean, they did play a lot of three safeties. But this, they, Antrell Roll and Kenny Phillips were the two starting safeties. I can't even remember the other cornerback right now. One was Aaron Ross, whoever the other one was. Dion was just that 10-year veteran. Not that Arthur's been in the league for 10 years. Right. But he is six years. He's a wily veteran. He's been other places. He's seen how organizations work. And while Dion didn't have the same juice on his fastball that he perhaps had five years earlier... He was one of the most valuable pieces of that locker room because he knew what it took to be a professional, because he'd been in different circumstances, because he's the one that was talking to the young guys and keeping them together. And it's funny because this is a conversation I recall having with Mike Tomlin multiple times that a guy like that is sometimes valuable. Sometimes your locker room needs him, and it, he brings something that's intangible and is not necessarily just about the excellence on the field. Yeah, and I think there's immediate respect for guys that have worked their way like he has. Yes. Yes. You know, they have found a way. It, it's some of the things that some of the guys like about Jalen Warren. He came. He had to try out for the team right. and made his way into the point where now people are discussing should he get as many carries as Najee Harris and he did it by earning it. And I right. think that's what Mike Tomlin, how he did Kenny Pickett a solid. He didn't come in and anoint him right. number one. He made him the third string quarterback all of camp. He had to work for the everything. The entire camp. Right. And then starting training camp this fall or the summer, you know, then he slowly worked his way up, and the guys saw that, hey, this guy is better. He, he worked his way through, and we can trust this guy. He wasn't just appointed or said, hey, this is going to be our leader. He earned it. He earned their respect. Well, let me ask you this. How different is it to – how long have you – how long have you been in town? How long have you covered the Steelers? I've been in town a while. I've, I've been covering the Steelers pretty much full-time for 15, 20 years. Okay, so All of Ben's career. You oh, and here are the famous oh. Aaron Genies. We'll go to break in just a minute so you can eat them. But So you had those eight and eight years. Yes. And you had the year that started 0-4. Uh, have you... Have you experienced anything quite like this or does this how is this different than any other year so you know I really started covering them more full-time when Ben started I mean I was around a little bit for the other ones but not what I'm doing now you felt every year I was there for Ben's rookie year after that rookie year you felt every year they were going to win this year was different to where you didn't know who your quarterback was going to be. You're pretty much turning over in the span of two years, you're turning over your entire offense with one or two exceptions. So you knew there was going to be some growing pains. And you also knew that the division was good. Cleveland's got a lot of talent. Cincinnati was the, were the AFC champions. And Baltimore dealt with so many injuries that they were still a very good football team with, so a, with this an is MVP quarterback. The first time in nearly two time. decades that you were sort of like, hmm, I because wouldn't be surprised if they're not. Huh. Because they had Ben. Did you find it interesting this week when Ben said, yeah, that wasn't the same Tom Brady on the other side? I did. <laughs> I did. And l listen, I think, I think there is a fallacy in all of sports where people look at a result and immediately say that they're not the effort wasn't there when a lot of times it's they're just not good enough or not better than the other team that day but the easy thing to say is oh they don't care or the effort isn't there i would never say that about there's there's things i would say about tom brady but effort and care i just i can't say that about that man i also think that it's you know tom brady is a guy that i have personally witnessed do long after practice over and over and over things that you know he can do in his sleep whether it's practicing the five-step drop back whether it's throwing a ball into the flat it it bothers me when people try to sit here and say oh because he went to bob Kraft's wedding that was the be-all end-all well and i i think saying that he doesn't care is right. disrespectful to the steelers performance correct and i wouldn't correct. do that to the way ogunjobi played i mean ogunjobi was a monster in and, that game right and is it is it 
is it fair to say that he clearly has things weighing on his mind? Yes, sure he, he openly said that. Is it fair to say that he is not the same player that he was in his 30s? Yes, it is fair to say that. But I completely agree with you. We don't want to diminish what the Steelers right. did do by suggesting that, oh, because it's not the right. same Tom Brady, it's not worth anything. I have a bigger issue with Tom taking 13 days out of camp in that respect, of spending that much time away where everyone else is in working. I think right. that was a bigger in impact than what him not being there sure. on a Friday. Sure. You know, and, and by the way, Robert Kraft owns an NFL team. There are only 18 weeks of the year where there are NFL games. What is he doing getting married during the season? That is a story I will have to tell you off the record. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we will take a quick break. Hopefully, Arthur Molette will get here safely and is not speeding. Jeff Hathorne, thank goodness so much that you are here to save my tush. Nine, at 93.7 The Fan is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township. Or visit them online at South Hills Jeep. Com. We will be back shortly live at Minio's on 93.7 The Fan with cornerback Arthur Molet and the fabulous Jeff Hathorne. And we're back with Jeff Hathorne, still waiting for Arthur Molet as because does Arthur prefer Art or Arthur? You know what? I've never asked him. I've just gone by Arthur. I'm the one that asked Mitch. Does he like Mitch or Mitchell? What did he tell you? Mi he he said told Mitch us is either. Fine. Yeah, he told us either. Whatever. Well, because people kept calling him Mitchell on the way in. I said, what do you prefer? And when he, his response was Mitch. He, he told us whatever. So Talk about a classy young man, right? He's in a tough situation, isn't he? I mean, you it know, feels I, as if his whole career has been a tough situation, quite frankly. I, I, you know, you, it was interesting to see the reaction of him and some of his teammates after the game. They were very, you know, just so happy that he had this moment. Yes. It, it might be his only one with the Steelers. But depending on what happens, can he practice full today? Right. Um, but he immediately came in, started winning over the room, learning guys' names, and not yep. just the players, staff. Yep. Um, from the top to the bottom. Uh, and, yeah, he made a, a, a very quick impact. I mean, there's a, there's a reason that he was elected a captain. Right. And there's a reason that even when he – essentially the starting job was earned by somebody else or the choice is made to give it to somebody else, Mike Tomlin said, no, he's still a captain and that he'll still be out there. You know, it's I, again, I, I hate repeating myself. I don't know. It's funny, like when you're on TV, they tell you, everybody, if you're on a TV show that's a talk show, not a game, when I'm doing a sideline, I'm certainly not repeating anything that I've already said. But if you're on a pregame show for four hours, they tell you not everybody's watching every hour. So I don't know. Are people listening to 93.7 The Fan all day long? Should I yes, avoid all repeating? The time, everybody. <laughs> so I should never <laughs> repeat what I but said in the 4 o'clock hour. We have the same hour. rules. We have the same rules. And obviously every show has different variations of their I mean, thoughts of what's happening. great stuff, right? Like if you're on the morning show and you have amazing stuff, how do you know in the next hour if you're well, catching a new audience? And, you know, Cook and Joe have a different thought or a different right. take on that same great stuff and then pony and muller have a different one and then paul's take or josh's take tonight is going to be completely different which is really interesting that what we've seen just getting sort of inside the sausage factory on the media this week is sort of the dissension in who reported what and who was shaking that down and well, it's funny because apparently pony messaged me something and I, my response back was apparently what exactly your response back was. Oh, really? Yes. I'll share that well, with you, too. And, and listen, especially us. I mean, we come from a reporting background. So we want to be as factual as possible. And sometimes that's as not that. as many sources as we possibly can. Right. And sometimes that's not the popular right. answer. Or, you know, instead of just blaming one person, we know that the problem is bigger than that. Right. Well, people don't want to hear that. They right. want to blame this guy or this coordinator or this coach yes. or whatever. And it's it's a much grander issue than that. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't come across. But I, I think in and the long run it does. And sometimes we're prohibited from saying that, too. And that right. doesn't serve us. You know, sometimes you know something. And this, I've said this many times in my new role as a sideline reporter, we have these production meetings where people talk very frankly with us about what happened. But a lot of that, they don't want that out in the public, but it gives you the background or the necessary right. information 
And, and for and people, people probably know this by now, but we're allowed to watch practice, but we can't report on right. what happens there. Right. It's for our background, so we have an idea of what's going on. Well, Deontay Johnson did us a solid today by saying that, yes, Kenny took all the first team reps, and Kenny looked really good in practice. Right. Which allows us to say, yes, he yes. did. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't yes, that crazy? But it, it is funny that that is... Uh, you know, on the one hand, it's wonderful that Mike Tomlin lets you watch the entire right. practice. You can be smarter. But it's also maddening that every single thing needs to be confirmed. Because Something as simple as seeing someone on the field. Because I think the, one of the biggest traits for reporters that we all share is curiosity. Right. So when we see something, we want to tell people what we saw. But in sure. that instance... You can't. It's storytelling. And it, and it, and but it's, it's something tough. as innocuous. I mean, if Cam Hayward showed up to practice in a cheese head, no <laughs> one would be allowed to say Cam right. Hayward is wearing a cheese head. Right. Or Cam Hayward is wearing his brother's jersey right. or whatever. Or if he's limping, which he wasn't. Which is obviously but right. I know. We can't say that. Yeah, <laughs> right. We can't say that. So, yeah, it's it, it, we're, we're really lucky to get that background information, but it, it tests us at times. All right, well, let's do this. I mentioned D'Angelo Williams earlier, and since mm -hmm. the show is off the field, Let's talk about some of our all-time favorite Steelers to talk to. Ramon Foster, top of the Hello. list. You did a show with him. I did. Was he ever late? Never. <laughs> Never. He, he always, Ron Man could attest to who's engineering for us today. I mean, you'd see that if you saw him pull up at five minutes, two, that was late. You know, normally he was there, and he was always in a good mood. People could come up to him and ask for anything, and he was always very gracious. I mean, I, he's, uh, he's the best. I, it's I funny, stay in I was, touch with him. He's a great guy. Me too. And he's turned a fabulous media career. He's now a radio guy in Nashville. Oh, I need to message him and tell him I'm coming to town, actually, now there that you I'm go. thinking you about need, it. you need some behind-the-scenes information, Yes, I go. can definitely count on him for that. But it's funny because when I was talking to Ramon about this show and sort of the appeal and what I can do to try to get guys – he very astutely said these guys should recognize it's a great opportunity for them to get their narrative and their brand and their message out. And Ramon was very, very, very available at all times yep. when yep. we were in the locker room, and good he or would, bad. He would talk to everybody. He, no one was treated differently. Right, right. You know? And he, he was he was all, fair. And I did the show over a span of time where you know, my daughter was growing. And she would come once a year, and he was always very gracious and, you know, would remember her name and, like, think just little things like that. They, good people do. He was, yeah. How about for you? Because you've had a wider scope than I had. In that locker room, you no, think? No, no, no. In, in the NFL, oh, and meeting that, different people. You know people, what? That's like, too hard. This is like asking who's your favorite child. You know, it's funny. Well, like, I, can, I loved talking to D'Angelo. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that depends on the moment. <laughs> This is what happens when you have more than one. You can ask me this hour and next hour. It might be a different <laughs> one. Um, I mean, Al I was always fascinating. Villanueva. I still talk to Al all the time. It's funny. I don't think of Al as a player, really. Um, obviously, loved Ramon. Uh, loved David DeCastro. Really loved linemen. I remember when I first came in, Willie Colon was kind of my go-to guy. And they yelled at me. It was my first year at the NFL Network. And someone said to me, like, Enough already. I don't need to keep seeing Willie Colon on air. And it was like, but he's the best quote. What he am is. I supposed to do? I, um, for, uh, for a few weeks, we did a sh I did a show with Willie. Oh, you did? When he was young and, and first starting. And uh, that uh, attendance wasn't as good as Ramon's. Oh, <laughs> maybe that was the New York and Willie Colon. Um, but he had fascinating always. stories. Like, I remember him telling the story of 9-11, being right. in Hofstra. And right. he got up in one of the buildings and, and was looking over. And, it, it, I mean, you could see it in his face, like the human moments. I think that's right. one of the things I really enjoy about the job is getting that opportunity. And, and what you're doing here off the field, you get to see these people as humans. Well, and that's what it is, right? We can sit here and I can talk about the athletes that I've loved watching, but it really is more about the personal connection and the conversations. For me, it's always the conversations that I had that really had very little <gasps> to do with football. And guess who made it? Although I don't know if I'm more excited or if Jeff is more excited. <laughs> you know what? On that note, let's just take our break early. If that's okay, we'll get Arthur settled. We'll get him some food. 
and I'm so glad that he made it safely. All right, on that note, we will be back live on 93.7 The Fan here at Minio's. You can text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates Fan text line at 412-928-9370 if you have any questions for our art. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly, and we'll be back really soon. Welcome back. We are here with Art or Arthur Molette. He hasn't <laughs> said what he prefers, so my seven-year-old decided on Arthur. Yeah, he what decided does your on Arthur. Yeah, what does your mother call you? Arthur. What does Mike Tomlin call you? Three-five. <laughs> what does T.A. call you? Arturo. Arturo. <laughs> Spanish. That is such a TA thing yeah, to do too, sure. right? Yeah. Like, isn't it? I like it though. What you know, about I'd be on the West Coast a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. what about Minka? Guy. What does Minka call you? Art. Oh, he does call you Art. Like Art. You know, Minka's from the town in New Jersey, right next to the town I'm from. Yeah, he went to St. Peter's Prep. I actually, uh, when I was in New York for a little bit, staying there, I used to train at St. Peter's Prep. So. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay, so you saw more of Pittsburgh tonight. You were just telling me that you're actually very much of a homebody. Yeah, I'm such a homebody. I don't get out much, just to the facility and back home, honestly. So when you were with the Jets, you lived in the suburbs yes. in Florham Park. When you were with the Saints, you lived with my mom. Oh, really? I'd like to save money. Wasn't. I was on practice squad at that point. <laughs> okay, but that's really smart, actually. Yeah, you got to save them checks. So are you sending your mom anything now? Yeah, of course. I hope Always. that's true. We'll have to call her. Yeah. You know, we were going to ha I was going to text D'Angelo and tell D'Angelo Williams to call in. He actually, you are, yeah, oh. he actually, you know, we went to the University of Memphis also. Right. He, um, he actually came worked out with us a little bit, so when I was in college there. At Memphis, uh -huh. came back. I personally cool. feel like it's a big deal to win the D'Angelo Williams MVP award. Yeah. I just because D'Angelo is one of my favorite people to talk to. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a very entertaining guy. Loves wrestling. Yes. Um, if anybody knows D'Angelo Williams, knows that he loves WWE. Smackdown. And politics, but only kind of to argue. Yeah. You know, he it's just sort wants of to like debate. To he's a debater. Like, yes. Yeah, that's what he really enjoys. And he likes sort of like getting on these crazy tangents just to see if he can mess with your mind. Yeah. 100%. Okay, let's. we're going to get into all of this. We're going to talk about evacuating from Katrina. We're going to talk about the schools that you're visiting. I yes. hope we're going to do all of that. But this is a big win this week. Can yeah. we talk about that? We could talk about it. Let's do it. I mean, what well, was a depleted secondary? So what was the most important thing? Uh, most important okay, thing. Okay, to be fair, okay, I'm listening. four out of the five starters were indeed out, mm -hmm. right? So what was your charge? How do you go in there and say, all right, we're facing the winningest quarterback of all time? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, honestly, on film, we just saw a lot of, a lot of vertical passing. Um, you know, they're, they're one of the top teams that throws the deep ball in the NFL. So, you know, if we could keep a lid on top of everything and eliminate big plays, we would have a chance to win. You know, they still have Tom Brady, obviously, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play, right, if not the greatest. But um, if we, we felt like if we kept a lid on top and tackled, we would be fine, and that's what happened. You know, it's funny. Earlier this season, I was having this conversation with Jacoby Brissett mm -hmm. about how we both hate this idea of, like, what is a winnable game? Right. Because any professional athlete should believe that every single game winnable. is winnable, yeah. right? So, like, when you're asked, like, you're oh. You're going to lose. You're gonna, I don't think. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, nobody thinks that they're taking the field and about to get their butt kicked. Exactly. But when you have a bunch of young guys that are playing back there that normally are not the starters, were the guys that you were with out there thinking, okay, this is my moment. This is where I prove I belong? Or was there a little bit of, I'm a little nervous, I'm a little anxious? Um, honestly, I can't be in their brains, but when I looked everybody in the eye and when we broke the huddle, you know, when you're in this profession, all you need is an opportunity, right? You know, regardless if you're going to be a starter for the rest of the year or not, um, I just told them take advantage of the opportunity that they're getting because, you know, you know, you get very slim in this league. As um, long as you put good film out there and, you know, do what you're supposed to do, then they'll be fine, and that's what happened. Is, it, is this new to you? you? I mean, obviously, you're in your sixth season. You're 29 years old. Mm -hmm. Have you always been the guy that kind of rallies people, that speaks his mind, that is the leader? Um, or I'm a very passionate guy. You know, I know how to take the back end. Um, I just my, – my work does the, does the talking. Um, I'm not one to – be on the media. When I signed to Pittsburgh, I was really nervous. I didn't even want to do interviews here because they're such a diehard team, you know. Right. It's such strong tradition. 
you know, the fans are going to tell you about your play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So For good or bad year, and out of line. Exactly. So my first year here, you know, I just took it upon myself to, like, just keep working, learning the defense. Knew it was going to be up and downs, but, you know, just try to put my best foot forward. Um, if I have to talk, then I have to. You know, if I see something that's just like, uh, I don't think a team should operate. So with the Jets last year, were you not? I wasn't with the Jets last year. I was with the Steelers. Last season? Mm -hmm. Gosh, that was bad preparation on my part. It's cool. You know, I didn't, you know, I made a couple plays. You know what? I got to be really honest with you. It all runs together right now. This is kind of what I was trying to tell you. I have a new job and I'm traveling all the time and I don't really know what season is the same anymore. We are in 2022 right now. Yes, we are. Going backwards. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about using your voice, though. Actually, let's not talk about your using your voice. Were you skipping into the locker room? Was that you skipping? <laughs> yeah, it was me. I'm a, I'm, Sundays is like playing in the backyard, man. You can't, you can't take things too serious, you know? Right. That's one of the things I told the guys, too, man. You know, it's still football at the end of the day. You know, these guys that you're playing against are just two or three years above you. Or it's the same guys that you play with. If, you're, if you were in a smaller school, in a small division like Memphis, and I didn't play against SEC guys, I look at it the same way. I just didn't play them on my schedule, but it's the same people, you know. So, you know, it's, it's just football, honestly. Is there uh, – we just said this, that there's a lot of confidence regardless, but is there something to be gleaned from the win? Is there a takeaway? Is there something more tangible? It was a great team win. Um, we, down, we, we, we played pretty good on all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. And to get on a win streak and to start winning games, we have to play complementary football, right? You have to do it in all three phases, and I think that's what we did one of the few times last Sunday this season. Okay, what's one thing about Mike Tomlin that you didn't know until you got here? He never had a losing season. Um, also, oh, that's like a media thing. People I mean, always say that. I, I just mean like as I'm a not person. A media, I'm not a media guy, though. Oh, you don't read anything? I don't. I mean, I'm not a guy that goes on my phones and is like, oh, Twitter, or oh, I'm not one of those guys. I'm kind of a chill guy, music guy, and stay out the way. What kind of music? A little bit of everything. I'm a really jazz pop, hip-hop guy. Do you play anything? No. Can you sing? No. <laughs> Do you try? In the shower. Not Everybody in the sounds car. good in the shower. <laughs> um, no, something about Mike Tomlin. You know, obviously, everybody who plays football knows who Mike Tomlin is. Mm-hmm. Something different that you learned about him being in the building with him. Man, he's a different type of leader. Um, when I first came to Pittsburgh, I was doing training camp with the guys, and um, he's very upfront. I'll say that that much. You know, I've been to different organizations, four different organizations, cut eight times, right? And one thing about Mike Tomlin that you're not that you get from him that you don't get from a lot of other teams is that he's upfront with you, and you're gonna know your position and your role in winning, helping the team, or whatever you have whatever you have to do to help the team. You know what I'm saying? So the transparency is, it's okay. very clear. And this is why this guy is starting, and this yes. is why I need you to do this. Yes. And this and is what you do good, and this is what... You need to work on. He, he calls it JV and varsity, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? Makes it very cut clear. Like, this is varsity play, this is JV play. And if you're playing JV, you won't play. Varsity players play. You know, and... He keeps it real simple. He's at your front door with it. And as a as a man and as a hard worker in the NFL, like, I, I can only accept that for, like, thank you so much. You sort of threw this in there, cut eight times. Oh, yeah. So why, do you, I know, why do you keep going? I mean, this is all I know, man. I've been playing football for a long time. Um, How do you know you belong? I mean. Did any of the cuts really hurt? Did any of the cuts ever make honestly, you feel like? I don't know if this is for um, me. No. Never. Honestly, it was never my play. You know, it was me just learning football. I didn't um, grow up playing football. Didn't only play one year high school ball, right? I saw um, that. So I didn't just know the ins and out in the business aspect of football. I, I'm an emotional guy, so I'm a high, highly competitive guy. So when I'm going against guys in training camp and doing this other things, not knowing that he's getting paid $4 million more million than you, bro. <laughs> you're not going to be on the field regardless, right? right? So it's just one of those things where you have to wait your turn, keep getting better, and when your turn does come, seize the opportunity because I am undrafted. I have that UD in front of my name. My mistakes are very slim, right? 
So it's just one of those things where when you get your opportunity to capitalize, you always have. If you are, my thing is the honest guy don't lie. Good film never lies. So I'll always be employed. Is there more security, do you think, right now at this stage in your career than you've ever had before? Oh, absolutely. Um, coming with the Steelers, uh, they kind of, Mike Tomlin put me in a position. Obviously, you know, they lost Mike Hilton. Right. So he's like, look, man, I think you can do what he did. Watch oh, his now film. I remember. Blah, 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 blah. Now I remember uh, talking about you with Keith Butler last yes. year. See, the years are running yep. together. I'm so sorry. So they lost Mike Hilton to Cincy. Right. He got the bag a little bit, and um, I signed on a reserve contract, no signing bonus, 990 nothing you know um seeing if i can make a team and do something and he put me in a great position to show my skill sets i loved watching mike hilton blitz you know he's he doesn't good. blitz as much in cincinnati and i've talked to lou anarumo about this i'm like i just don't understand why don't you blitz him you're not worried about anybody else but yourself no, exactly. obviously <laughs> okay so junior year is when you started playing football or yes, senior year junior okay why the game play as a senior because of katrina Oh. Yes. Okay, so you only played your junior, yeah, junior year. year yeah. Why why did the game not appeal to you before or why did you not play before? Oh, just a five, single mother, not really worrying about sports or nothing like that, you know. Um was messing around with the guys, like, yo, he's like, all right, come to football practice one day. I'm like, eh. Did you do anything? Basketball? Play basketball baseball? a little bit. Okay. Um, play soccer a little bit. Um I was just an athlete, obviously, right? Um was really good on defense and basketball. It wasn't just a premier scorer, right? And then my bro, like, kind of seriously was talking to me, like, yo, like, just try, like, corner or something. Like, you play good defense on basketball. Like, just try corner. You can use your hands a little bit. Like, see what you can do. I thought you were a punter, too. Yeah, I punted a little bit because I play soccer, you know. I oh, I was football. a soccer player. Okay. Strike. Were you a good punter? Yeah. I was Could really you be I an emergency I mean, punter? I a punter. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If something I mean, happens. I as a punter. <laughs> do you still punt? Do you still get out there and practice? No, no, no. That's well, don't you feel job. like you should in case you need an emergency punter? That's Presley's job. I know, but heaven forbid something happens. Didn't you ba see what happened to the kicker in the Monday night game? Boss can do it. Boss can punt? Pretty sure he can. He kicks you don't balls, even know though. if he can? He kicks Are balls, You haven't though. even taken a ball at practice one day just to see if you still had it? You said you're a competitive guy. If I were you, I'd want to say, hey, Presley, check this out. All right, I'll tell him tomorrow. Yeah, all right, and then will you report back to me on yeah, how you did? Yeah, so I'll let you know. I mean, you still know the form and all of that, yeah, right? Yeah, two steps and kick. <laughs> okay, so you play junior year, and then what happens? You just fall in love, or you're very um, clearly a natural, or? Um, fall in love a little bit, but I'm really naturally good at it. Um, God gifted talent, obviously, a high competitor. So, you know, if someone's lining in front of me, say they're going to catch a ball in front of me. I don't care. It's, it's high school. I could just grab you and, you know, it's, right, it's not right. too much technique. You know, it's just a little bit of chicken fighting and running in a row, right? Um, just highly competitive. Um, just the one-two of not letting someone want to catch the ball, right? Right. Made me who I am today. So that's it's pretty crazy going into my junior year. Finish out All-State punter. Second All-State, you know, second team All-State uh, defensive back. Find out I'm too old to play my senior year. Too old. Yeah, Katrina happened, you know, um, before then, 2005. Okay. So, you know, switching schools, elementary school, getting funded for housing and all that stuff. Lost a year or two. So you just missed your entire fifth yeah. grade year? Yes, I missed it. So. And where did your family ultimately go? We went to Texas, and then a church funded us a house in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And that's when I really fell in love with football. Okay. All these people used to literally come in, come in, come in, come in, park in our yard. I'm like, yo, why do, Why so many people come and park in our yard? Then, no, the big house is, like, right around wait, the wait, corner. Okay, but tell this story because I think that there's a younger generation. We kind of lived Katrina, but I think that there are younger people that don't really remember. You left even before Katrina hit? You no, knew? I stayed with my grandpa. Who was my in the ninth ward left. or not? Yeah, I was in the ninth ward. My brother's and sister left. I was in the ninth ward. Okay. Um, me and my uh, grandpa stayed. Obviously, we went to the Superdome for help. Um, so the house was? Yeah, it was gone. Bye-bye. Sayonara. Capiche. So you went to the Superdome when there was already water in the house or when you realized yeah, the water was, was? Yeah, 
obviously acts through the roof, blah, blah, blah. Don't, like, really replan it. Oh, you Try don't? Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine, Well, then you should have told me. I mean, nah, it's, it's fine, uh, you know. Okay. Um, you know, the helicopter gets us. We go to the Superdome or whatever, and um, we stay there for You don't like telling the story? I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's not nothing to relive. It's something to thank God that I've made it through, right? You know, and um, Isn't that so much of your story? When you sit here and you think about how you ask your teammates about their why, when you think about your passion, yeah. when you think about surviving eight cuts. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Um, I've been through so much in my life, you know, that I just look at it as that I'm blessed to even get the opportunity to play. Um, I've been homeless before, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Most people haven't, you know. But, you know, I don't use that as an excuse or a crush. I just look at it as a second chance to do what I want to do in life. Do you, when you talk to kids about this, because you do yeah, like so going to visit schools. Yeah, so I went to SAC. It was an alternative school. And um, I like to go to schools like that because, honestly, they feel as if they're, you know, misunderstood, regardless of race, right? You know, kids think they're misunderstood. And I like to go there and just tell them, like, you know, I've made it through the struggles, you know, just by keeping my head down and having faith in someone above me. God, obviously, G-O-D, big G-O-D. And um, that you could do it too. Like you're not the only one going through it. And my motto was always, you could. It could always be worse. You know, it can. Regardless of what you're going through, it still can be worse. You think that the kids bought it, heard it? No, yeah, they did. Um, I'm actually gonna make that like kind of like my my school to like do things for because uh, I've got like three kids uh, texting me and DMing me and just want to talk and be like, one kid was like, yeah, man, like I won't be the diamond in the rough that you were. So, you know, it's, it's motivation, man, um, to get out there and help kids, you know, in the community and, and tell them like you're not the only one going through tough times. You know, it's funny. There's a fight that I had with Marquise Pouncey for years because he used to do so much with the police, mm -hmm. with community policing, with trying to build bridges between the police and um certain communities and he never wanted to talk about it yeah, and he never wanted anybody to know I, and I, I was trying I was <laughs> constantly like but it's an inspiration but yeah, it's a but motivation I but think, it's a I think some people do it for just the love for it right you right. know um, a lot of times like with me like I don't want people to know what I've been through like if it has to come to that to get people to understand that like don't give up and do what you need to do then yes I will but it's not for someone to look at me and try to be like, oh, yeah, he's been through so much, he deserves it. No, I worked hard. That's why I deserve it, right? You know, so that's just my perspective on Wh it. Where are your siblings and your mom now? Louisiana. My two brothers are in Colorado. One's a fighter. Uh, he's a, a UFC fighter. fighter. Yes. Really? Yes. I was on FaceTime with him. I was like, dang, he's more crazier than you me. You know who like. I think is a UFC fighter? David and Joku's brother. Or maybe really? he's a wrestler. David and Joku's brother is a wrestler, I Probably, think. Probably, maybe. Okay. All right. So one of them is a UFC fighter. Yeah. Uh, one of my other brothers, um, he has his own mobile, mobile detailing company and Ooh. also his own um, phone fixing company, Paragon Geek. So. Wow. In yeah. Colorado also. Yes, he has like four stations in Colorado. Cool. Okay, and then the other two? My other sister is a hairstylist and my other sister is in nursing school. All in Louisiana? Yes. With your mom? Yes. Sweet. All right, Arthur, you'll stick around for a little yeah. bit. You'll yeah. have an arancini and nice. we will come right back. Fan weather is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet for a great deal on a new or pre-owned vehicle and great service. You'll find it at Sun Chevrolet. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a low of 31 degrees. Tomorrow, we'll have partly sunny skies with highs in the low 50s. Sounds like football weather. But don't go away because we'll be right back for one bonus segment with the fabulous Art. And that's right. We are live at Minio's Pizza, and we get a little bonus segment with Arthur Molette, who has still agreed to come back. Yes, I will come back. Next week? Will you come back next week? Yeah, especially if they got these. The Arancini. I'm telling you, everybody loves the Arancini. Nina, will you hold that to him? Will you drive him next time? I'm a New Yorker. She's a New Yorker. She don't even Wait a minute, she doesn't before. drive? <laughs> oh, my God. This is like Juju. You know, did you know that Juju didn't know how to drive until Al Villanueva taught him? And then I went in a car with my Juju. Struggles. <laughs> I, we need Al to come back and teach Nina mode. how to drive. Or Nina, Chauffeur I'll teach you mode. how to drive. <laughs> Would you navigate? Chauffeur Millet. It doesn't matter. Uber driver. That's yep. another thing you could add to your resume. I can't do that. That you're an Uber driver? Well, chauffeur, chauffeur is good. Chauffeur, yeah. 
bit, chauffeur to the one. Yes, to the Miss Spectacular Nina. All right, but Nina, at least navigate next time. So next week, Arthur will next be on time. Yeah, on time. Tuesday. Tuesday, six o'clock. We can't do Wednesday. We've got to do Tuesday. No, Tuesday, six o'clock. Tuesday, six yeah. p.m. Mm-hmm. All right, sweet. That also took the stress off my plate. Now I don't need to think about another guest. Yeah, Brian Flores. Is he giving you any uh, special insight? Yeah, no, on the Dolphins. <laughs> Mike Tomlin tried to poo-poo that. He was like, "Yeah, what could he really tell us?" I mean, honestly, like not really. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where you can, um, you just got to play the game plan. Um, obviously, he's familiar with the team, right? Familiar with a couple of guys, but it ain't really nothing. That's another one that I think is totally overrated. Like, he can tell you anything he wants to tell you, but you're the ones that have to go out there and do it anyway. Yeah, the, the, you can scheme up the greatest scheme, but if you don't make the plays, then sayonara. Yeah. It's also like when you face a team that you've played for before. You know how many teams don't even change their calls? <laughs> Because you still have to line up and Yeah, you still got to line up and, you know, stop the guys, right? Right. You know, like, even if they're doing the right thing, you know, uh, telling whatever the call is, like, you still have to go play football. All right, who's your funniest teammate? Ooh, Casey, Demonte Casey. Really? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's one of the funniest guys. Like, overtly funny? Like, Like, he's always got a joke? You don't understand. He's funny. Like, (laughs) bro, like, you need to chill. Him and Terrell Edmonds. Those two. Terrell Edmonds' mom. Have you ever met Terrell Edmonds' mom? Mm-hmm. She is amazing. She runs that house, too. Three boys in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And she apparently was the one that trained the three of them when they were growing up. And oh, his yeah? dad is a former NFL player. Mm-hmm. I met his dad and his brother Okay. when, his brother, when they were drafted. He mm-hmm. and Tremaine were drafted Tremaine, the same yeah. year. It was in Buffalo then, yeah. Okay, who is, if you had a flat tire, who's the guy you'd call first? Me. <laughs> well, if you had a flat tire, you're going to change it yourself? Yes. Oh, you know how? I'm a man. <laughs> well, not everybody knows how to change a flat tire. <laughs> All right, well, then that wasn't a great question. But uh, if it was someone else and I had like a broken hand or something, I'd probably call Minka. Oh, you could count on Minka? Yeah, Minka's from the South. He lives in the south of Florida, so he might know how to change a little tire. He's from Jersey. He's from Jersey, but, you know, he stays in Florida a lot, so. And people in Florida need to know how to change tires? Yeah. There are a lot of potholes He's in a hard-working guy. This is why I'm... <laughs> oh, trust He's reliable. Me. It's about being reliable trust and me. being on time. I know so many potholes in Pittsburgh. It reminds it me of my home, though. I'm not going to lie. Do you like playing under the lights? Oh, yeah, I do. I love night games. But I'm a day game type of guy. I like to get the game over. I don't like really being like waiting for it all day. I love That's the lights. That's how I feel. I love the lights. When I get there, I'm happy, right? But like during the day, I'm just like. <sighs> Enough already. Let's get to it. Um, I love morning games too, though. I just which love game? football. Love football, so yeah, it doesn't really matter. matter. But do you actively think about everybody's watching me right now? I'm the only game on right now? Nah. nah. You don't care about that. You know, it's a job now. It's like, bro, I got I to gotta go. Yeah, but if it's like Monday night or Sunday night, do you watch football yourself? Yeah, I do. So you watch Monday night, you watch Thursday night? I fall night. asleep by halftime, but I, I, it watches Of all me. of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's another one. Who's the best receiver you cover in practice? Who in practice? Someone at Minio's Ooh. wants to know. We do take fan questions here, too. In practice. You're afraid to call that out. Is it easier that's to say who's the best receiver you've covered on another team? Okay, that, that's a little bit better. Okay. People are going to think it's weird, but Mike Williams from the Chargers. Why is that weird? He's I in a slot. He's 6'4". Yes, which is it's insane. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why he's such a mismatch. Yeah, I'm just like, yo, that's crazy. But is it okay? Is there he somebody? He has the speed. He has the the uh, catch radius. You know, um, he was he's a tough matchup in the slot. You know what's funny? Greg Newsom was telling me that he actually prefers playing in the slot mm-hmm. than playing outside because he said why. you. Get, well, he said that it's a tighter space. You're not really on an island necessarily. You get more help. You don't think so? You'd rather play outside corner? Yes, that's what I played until I got here. Why do you prefer outside? Because it's only two releases you can get from outside. Inside release, outside release. And once they're outside releasing, you're only going to get a comeback fade 
or nine stop when the inside release you're getting a dig slant or curl or hitch like it's you're not getting that much you know what i'm saying but with a release on the slot you can get overs you can get posts you can get outs you can all right get who's the toughest guy to cover outside now i mean you know you're probably gonna do jefferson or jamar chase the lsu boys okay still a hometown boy Bias. all right you still want to tell me in practice who's the toughest I don't be outside a lot, so I don't be outside. Okay, that's a safe answer. I'm not going to put you in trouble. But your locker's next to Deontay's, isn't it? Yeah, that's my guy. So Deontay. You know what? Deontay was very, very stand-up today. Yeah? Waiting that, yeah, because there was all this drama about about whether Deontay and Mitch Trubisky had words at halftime of the Jets game Mm -hmm. and... Whether that had anything to do with blah, blah, blah. And Mike Tomlin, as he's uh, known to do, gave gave everyone a word salad when he was asked if there was any truth to this. I didn't hear about it. Because you don't read the, you don't read newspapers. You don't read, I think it's kind of a smarter way to be, frankly. But do you know how many guys tell me they don't read stuff and they really do? Well. I trust you, though. I mean, I don't read it, honestly, because... What is someone writing about me going to do Well, the me? summation is is that there was a story so in the public. Even even when I was in the live room, they said I was just like literally yelling at guys. <laughs> I'm just like, bro, I'm not yelling at nobody. Well, that, I, but this is why the media gets a bad name. That's why I don't read of, it, though. But see, this is something that I loved about you is that there was this art is saying to guys like hey you need to play with more passion you need to find your why which is what you would expect out of a leader but you see that you said it like that and that's how i said it (laughs) it wasn't like there's a reason that there's a reason that (laughs) i would like to think there's a reason where i am where i am but in any case this is allegedly what happened and then it got a little you know it's like a game of telephone it gets Mm -hmm. turned into something else and then you could have sat there and gotten really defensive or said, no, no, you're making too much of it. And you didn't. You're like, no, that's exactly what happened. And that's exactly what Deontay did today. Okay. He was asked about something. He's like, yeah, this is what happened. I appreciate that. And like Jeff and I were talking about earlier, nothing diffuses drama more quickly than the truth. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, just say it. And then, okay, yeah. all right, now what? I'm now what are you going to gossip cutting about? Clear. That's why I love my comma. It's funny that... Uh, after living in the New York media market, you don't really want to hang out. <laughs> All right, Arthur Molet. I can't decide if I'm calling you Art or Arthur. I just like Arthur. That's fine. But maybe I should just call you Arturo. <laughs> I mean, TA is so good at that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the guy named Victor Cruz? Yes. Okay, so I covered the Giants forever ago. Mike Sullivan was, uh, thank you so much. Sean has brought me eggplant parm now here at the absolutely delicious Minios that everybody needs to get down to at some point. In any case, Mike Sullivan was, I can't remember at the time, I think he was Eli's coach. I think he was the quarterback's coach with the Giants. And Victor Cruz was a young wide receiver. And uh, Sully said to Victor, you need to come up with a touchdown celebration mm-hmm. before you score your first touchdown. And he suggested the salsa dance. Uh-oh. And that became Victor Cruz's thing. It was this huge, and he kept scoring touchdown after touchdown. It was always a salsa dance, and that was Mike Sullivan. So that's what he did it from. Okay, I got you. So I like creativity out of assistant coaches. There we go. So Arturo Molet. Yes. We are going to ask you to sign our, uh, well, we're not doing that. We're going to ask you if you're ready to make a pizza. I have not. Okay, so Chris Wormley made a pizza and threw it in the air and caught it. Oh, I'm about and to Alex Highsmith's wife said that his pizza was the most delicious pizza she'd ever had. Mm. So are you game to make a pizza today, or are you going to do that next Tuesday? Or do you want to do it both days? Let's do it. All right, sweet. Well, then, thank you so much. We'll see you again next Tuesday at 6 p.m. sharp. Yep. Everybody out there, thanks so much. 93.7 The Fan, and we'll now let Josh Roundtree take it away.